and welcome to the Conservative Atheist Podcast. I'm your host, the Conservative Atheist, and we're going to be discussing some of the hottest, controversial, and in many cases considered taboo topics. We cover every issue you've ever considered, and several you haven't even thought of, from the unique perspective of a conservative atheist. Enjoy! And welcome back to the Conservative Atheist Podcast. I'm your host, the Conservative Atheist, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Brighter Later. Hey, guys. And today we're talking about Nancy Pelosi and the fact that she, you know, the Democrats lost the House, and so she's no longer going to be the Speaker of the House. And she has announced that she's not going to run to be the head Democrat in the House. And uh, she's been a, the, she's been the head Democrat and the Speaker off and on. Uh, since what 2008 so quite some time uh it's it's good to see that she's going because i i have to tell you i I absolutely can't stand this old girl i really can't she's a nasty bitter old woman she's 80 years old she's exactly 80 i I think it's time don't you i mean if if i was 80 years old i sure as hell wouldn't be doing this day in and day out she's got a wealthy husband she's got a lot of money what the fuck is she doing Go ahead, yeah, brighter later. Yeah, there's there's so many different aspects to this, which uh, it's it's weird that so many people are so surprised that she's stepping down because this is probably the biggest news story in the media cycle. Which she said last year in the summer that, uh, or in order to get kind of uh, the more kind of progressive Democrats to vote for, her, she said that oh I'll step down after this term, which is now. So I don't know why that many people are surprised at her. Which I mean, I guess historically it's kind of a watershed moment given that she's literally been the leader of the, the Democrats in the house since 2003. I mean, which it's, you do have to wonder why they kept her along for so long. It's the other thing is that uh, people are really extolling her right now, which I'm somewhat baffled by on Democrats. A lot of people, it, most of it's just kind of uh, uh, geared towards her just being the first kind of female speaker. And uh I guess just her kind of uh, being empowering for females, which I guess stuff like that's going to be expected, uh, whether it's actually uh, realistic or not, as far as her actually accomplishing those goals for women. You know, well, it, it's strange. It's strange that they're extolling her because for a long time there was a lot of Democrats that were trying to get her out of the position of the speaker. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also important to bear in mind, which doesn't really make sense why she's being extolled so much because. Uh, Senators and congressmen tend to have very low approval ratings regardless, which I think at average, it's typically like 25, 30% for congressmen. Typically, presidents can be more popular, but that makes it very odd that she's being so extolled right now. I mean, I mean, I I think it's definitely fair to kind of uh, for this to be a somewhat or I guess it is fair for this to be a big story because, I mean, she's literally been uh, a. She's literally been the head of the uh, or, uh, Democrats in the Senate or uh, the House since 2003, you know, right. but she's been there a long, long time. And she's served she served in this as the Speaker of the House for multiple presidents or three presidents to be actually four presidents, to be precise, because George Bush, Obama, Trump and now Biden. So, well, and she's been through a lot of stuff lately. Her husband was attacked. I don't even, we don't even we're not sure 100 percent what the specifics are on the details of that. But he was attacked. He had a skull fracture. He had to, he had to have surgery. Um, he's in his late eighties. I think he's like 88 years old. I mean, this is a time that she and her husband need to, I don't know what type of relationship they have, but this is a time when they need to enjoy their golden years because they're both, you know, have one foot on the banana peel and the other foot in the grave. So, um, me personally, I would be enjoying my life if I was a, if I was a wealthy person and I, and I was in my eighties, I sure as hell wouldn't be doing this, you know, all the time. I would be out sailing or i would be out traveling or i would just be enjoying my life i i I don't understand the idea that people that and they're in their 80s and they want to work 24 hours a day seven days a week on on jobs that are all consuming makes no sense to me Uh, i i can't stand the woman i think she has i think she's an absolute bitter old crow and, and i'm glad she's gone the only thing that i liked about her is that she went to china regardless of uh, she went to taiwan even after being warned by china not to do it 
even after being warned by the Biden administration not to do it. I like that. And I also like the fact that she doesn't take any shit off of the so-called squad, AOC and the rest of them. I like that. But other than that, I'm, I'm not a big fan. Yeah, I mean, I talked about the Taiwan or the Taiwan saga when it happened, which I mean, I more or less think was probably a good thing. And uh, I guess the the effects of the outcome of it was more or less rosy. And I mean, I guess it's somewhat brave, but uh, it can, most of the conservative media seemed to universally applaud her for that, which I don't think was a bad thing at all. Which I don't know. This is another thing I wondered with her because I looking at a lot of kind of the uh, or kind of the assessments of her as a congressman. A lot of people really liked. Uh, uh, extol her as kind of this pragmatic leader and say that oh she always knew what to do blah 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 and i don't really know if i buy that that much which one i in particular would kind of disagree with you and kind of the squad politics or kind of the the advent of or kind of very progressive kind of uh conspicuous politicians that i guess is now called the squad which it does seem like she acquiesced to a decent amount of stuff especially in kind of the rhetoric where she i mean before i don't think she was talking about like black lives matter at nauseam and saying just goofy stuff on race and sex which later on she was doing that and i mean maybe you could argue that's still pragmatic because the country shifted more in that direction and you can get away with doing stupid shit like that but I don't think so. I think most people kind of despise it as evidenced by people like the squad, which, I mean, they're probably, uh, it's hard to know if they're best known for their kind of woke, being very woke on stuff or being very socialist. But she certainly kind of like turned a corner and just kind of started espousing stuff like that, which I, I've heard one analysis that uh, it's it's actually not going to be good when she leaves because she's done, she's kind of started to say so many just woke kind of moronic things that uh, that's ultimately helps drum up the base or that's ultimately kind of helps drum up Republicans and independents given that uh, most people find that ridiculous. But now they're now it very well could be that they'll get someone that's actually pragmatic and realizes that most people are going to despise that, you know? Right. You know, the thing is, is that the only thing I'm, I'm down about is I'm, I'm down that we didn't get to replace Chuck Schumer along with replacing her. If we had taken the Senate, we would have been done with Chuck Schumer. And to me, he's actually worse than Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I, I should say that uh, I was reading kind of the main, I forget who wrote this, but then the, the number one New York Times op-ed, and I just read it, and uh, it made a point of points just gushing over it. I think it was literally called like Female Badass or something, which is kind of a weird headline for, a, it's kind of a weird uh, title for a New York Times op-ed, which I guess just shows where a country's going. But what I found odd is that uh, them kind of goozing out. This was a paragraph that was written, and it says, Mr. Bush's second-term goal of remaking Social Security never had a prayer. Even Donald Trump was clearly in awe of her and had no idea how to deal with her, treating him like a petulant man-child. He still doesn't. The poor guy can't even come up with an insulting nickname for the, for her that sticks. I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? It's it's kind of like they are they keep uh, projecting, well, well, one, there's obviously the policy aspect of it, but two... Um, that, that's actually a really poorly written paragraph <laughs> I'm thinking about it but when she said the point about Donald Trump didn't know how to deal with her and that uh, she stood her ground with Donald Trump and he, she was implying that she was basically the one guy that knew how to put that egomaniac in his place um, I didn't see it that way whatsoever I think Donald Trump probably got the best of Nancy Pelosi I mean you could literally see her at the back of like the what was it the State of the Union where she literally tore up the thing being so disgusted with it you know yeah that was that was some childish shit yeah, I don't understand where they seem to be projecting like this goofy stuff that, oh, well, I mean, these people obviously hate Donald Trump. And now this uh, I, this writer is saying that, oh, well, she actually stood around on Donald Trump. And the evidence for that is that she couldn't he couldn't find a nickname for her. And I'm like, uh, that might have more to do with her her name not really fitting with anything, you know. All right. <laughs> yeah, the idea this I mean, that's what that's their argument is that she put Trump, Donald Trump in his place because he didn't come up with a good nickname for her. Yeah, and that it, I mean, people have people have talked ad nauseum, and this has been one of the things where they think they can just destroy Trump is, and probably like most narcissistic people that are effective as narcissists, that they're like, oh well, they're obviously just have really fragile egos, so all we have to do is express that. No, you're just going to give him attention, and then it's you're going to give him everything he wants, you know? Right. Which it's you're supposed to think that Nancy, we're supposed to think that Nancy Pelosi was the one that actually was able to really kind of upend his ego. No, I, I don't believe that whatsoever. And I should say the other part of this paragraph that kind of bewildered me is that she's saying that, uh, oh, well, look how effective he was or she was that uh, George W. Bush really wanted to cut Social Security in a second term. And she wasn't able to do it because Nancy Pelosi was so strong. I'm like, uh, first of all, most people, most politicians run on not uh, 
not cutting Social Security, which all she basically had to do was tell her base not to do it. And the Democratic base would have done it anyway. You know, I don't understand why right. they, they view that as an accomplishment or acting as if she actually did some sort of like magnificent wheelie and dealing to make it such that uh, that wasn't uh, a plausible outcome or or I guess they're saying that that wasn't even possible, which I don't really think that takes much. And if uh, it, honestly, if you're a Democratic, if you're a Democratic congressman and somehow the Republicans were able to cut Social Security, that shows that doesn't that all that shows is that you're really inept. If if it's the other way around, it doesn't really say anything at all. You know, it's, it's yeah. very odd. Yeah, she's just a ridiculous person, and I'm, I'm glad she's not going to be the Speaker of the House anymore. Now, I, I wish I wish. She- I don't understand why that they have as. I mean, especially now that she's what is she really getting out of this? Yeah, that's one of the things that baffled me because I have yet to listen to the speech. So I did read some, uh, I guess, highlights of it. And I guess the one point where she kind of explicitly stated why she was uh Retire, or I guess not retiring from, I guess, uh, being Speaker of the House or leader of the Democrats in the ho- or Democrats in the House is that uh, due to what happened with her husband, which, I mean, maybe that is. I think it's much more that uh, she probably just wanted to say, oh, these radical Republicans got my husband hurt. But I, I, the reason why that doesn't make any sense is that if, I mean, if you wanted to do that, fine. But why would you, why would you uh, stay on as a congressman, as a congresswoman? You know, I mean, that's still going to take a lot of time out of your life. You know. That's not exactly it, it, exactly why stay on at all if you're not going to be the leader if you're not going to be the speaker of the house and you're not even going to be the leader of the democratic party anymore then why are you even there what's the what's the what's your goal what's you know what's your what's your aspirations for the future i, I don't understand the point yeah it's kind of like uh it's kind of like in in the in the i guess any country at the parliament where obviously you become the leader of the country just by becoming an MP first, and then you get elected to your party and you win, which I never understood that uh, when a politician, which I think Gordon Brown did this, where he lost and then he stayed on for another five years. I'm like, you are you were literally just the prime minister. Just retire and do something else, you know? There was a famous guy, uh, Ted Heath, who was, I think, prime minister from 70 to 74, and he literally stayed, in, he literally stayed on as a member of parliament until 2001. Right. Uh, 27 years after he was done being prime minister. I'm like, what's the point of that? (laughs) You know? Yeah. Once you're done, just be done. I mean, why hang on? Why? I mean, you're going to get a a, a huge pension. I mean, a huge retirement on, you know, by any metrics um, compared to the rest of the, the, the citizens. Why not just go into retirement? You're wealthy. Your husband's wealthy. You know, you're no longer going to be the speaker. You're not going to be even the leader of the Democrats. So why are you there? Well, why, why are you, what, what, what position are you, hold, I mean, do you have no life outside of this? And so this is what gives you purpose in your life. And you're so, you're like a mule pulling a plow. If you don't do this, you don't know what the hell you're going to do with yourself. And so you have to just keep on being there. I, I don't understand. She's, it's not, the, it can't be the money. It can't be the money because her and her husband are wealthy. Yeah, it's not like she's gonna all of a sudden add much more money to her net worth. I mean, yeah. Also, she's eighty-two. I mean, what's she, what's she gonna spend it on? You know. Well, I think when you retire from the house, I think you get. Uh, I think your retirement is one hundred and seventy-five grand a year, and she's already wealthy. So I, I just don't understand the point. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, the other she, thing. What is like, she, does she want to drop dead inside the house? I mean, is you know. Is, she wants to die, you know, behind her little podium. I mean, I don't understand. Well, I wonder if some of these people, I, there's kind of like two explanations for it. One is that, uh, I mean, they're just huge egomaniacs and this is just the way that they can stay in the limelight. So they're going to continue being politicians. And another part of it is that, uh, I mean, I think she's probably saying something like, oh, I just want to be a civil servant and I want to help my country or whatever, which I, I typically find that pretty bullshit when, when politicians say that. But another part of it could be that, uh, to the extent that you can kind of view this as its own thing, that she just likes being a politician or just likes being a politician. And she wants to keep doing it. You know, it's, it just, but it really, either way you kind of, I mean, I guess maybe to some extent that makes sense, but it doesn't really make much sense to why you would do this in your eighties, especially when the impetus is that once again, that you're, you, you're leaving this because your husband just got attacked and is going to have a pretty arduous recovery out of him. Yeah. Her husband has serious brain damage because of being hit in the head with a hammer. 
he had a skull fracture, several, I think several skull fractures. Uh, it's, you know, take care of him, live your life. Right. Retire already. Jesus Christ. What do you wait until you're a hundred before you retire? Anybody that, that keeps running for office when they're in their eighties or even keeps working when they're in their eighties, when they're already wealthy, is just planning on dying as, you know, dying while they're working, I guess. Right. Yeah. I, another thing I found that's, uh, I guess I didn't clip uh, this, this article that's saying this, but uh, I guess she said that her greatest achievement in Congress was getting the ACA passed. And she was saying, and uh, I don't know, I guess the this, this reporter was saying that, uh, or not a reporter, this, this writer was saying that, uh, oh, well, that showed kind of the shrewdness of her to actually be able to get that passed. And I was thinking to myself that, well, one, the Democrats had a pretty hefty majority in the House, and it's not like the real the real kind of uh, the real kind of burden of getting that passed was in the Senate, where they barely where they only had sixty seats, and they had to get it done in a couple of months because Ted Kennedy died, you know, right? Which I I mean I mean I, that's definitely probably like a legislatively, if you look at the history of that, that was pretty arduous, and it was it was actually pretty, I guess props. I guess it was a successful thing to do, but why does she get so much credit for that? Which, I mean, maybe, I, I guess I'd have to relook at the history of that, but she was literally just in the House, and the Democrats had a good majority there. I don't think it was literally down to the wire of the vote there, which maybe she's trying to say that, oh, well, I helped sway the more moderate Democrats in the Senate, but that just doesn't really seem, that, that history doesn't seem that much plausible, and it just seems, once again, they're just doing this weird revisionism where they're just trying to say that, uh, well, look at this great thing. She was all over it. She's the one who accomplished this. You know, she was so integral to the procedure, which I don't actually think that's that's the history of it, you know, which obviously I'd have to relook at this, but that really does seem like a stretch. Yeah, I, th I think it's a major stretch. Yeah. She but wants to be, she wants to come off as the hero. And everybody's going to give it to her because she's got so much. God knows what she's got on everybody. God knows what kind of information she has on different people that, that work with her. And they want to make their own party look good. And so they're going to kiss her ass and they're going to make her as, you know, try to make her out to be the hero as she as she leaves as the leader. Yeah. Well, they also could say with Nancy Pelosi, which there are there are a lot of major politicians they've People have pointed this out before that there are some really, really major politicians who can hold some incredible grudges, and these are really not reported enough publicly, which this article, after gushing over Nancy Pelosi, the one kind of concession they didn't make about her is that she could really hold a grudge if she wanted to and could be absolutely, absolutely just malicious and nasty or just in uh, if she thought somebody disagreed with her or slighted her, you know? That doesn't it could, really surprise me, does it, you? No, but it's funny that uh, it's funny stuff like this because I've noticed that a lot of this stuff doesn't come out. A lot of this stuff doesn't come out. The the probably the most notorious with this is, is uh, Hillary Clinton. She could really, really be nasty if she wanted to, or especially if someone slighted her. Right. Which uh, it is interesting how that works. Especially they they make if you look at the history of it. Right after she lost to Obama. The politicians who went against her and, or endorsed Obama instead of her, she was absolutely vicious towards. Which uh, Obama, Obama could be a little bit. Obama was much more becoming to the, the, the I guess the Democrats that endorsed Hillary Clinton. But uh, always found that kind of interesting, or stuff like that. It's kind of interesting because it's not as much kind of a. It does seem like it's something that would probably be uh, kind of die, or people would uh, put more pressure on because it seems like one of those more kind of like hot button issues and that you're literally showing the character of a politician. But for some reason, I've always found that uh, you kind of actually have to really ferret out to find stuff like this, which is kind of odd, you know? Well, I think the, the nastiest female politician I can think of would have been, um, Oh, uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz by far. I, I have a video on my phone and it was on my old YouTube channel and it was, it was over 30 minutes and it was a collection of clips of interviews not just by uh, conservative reporters, but mainly by um, liberal reporters like Don Lemon and people like that. And uh, it was called The Many Lies of Debbie Wasserman Schultz. And these reporters were calling her out on all of her lies. It was amazing. Over 30 minutes of it. Shocking lies. And she would not concede no matter how, you know, no matter how flat out, you know, bald face lie it was. And no matter how much the evidence was that she was lying and the reporter would, would uh, expose her, she would just keep going and going and going and going. Yeah, I will say that uh, it is interesting of a lot of female politicians, because typically when you look at uh, 
I guess someone that's uh, when you look at politicians, you tend to think of them as incredibly charismatic characters, which for females, they, they don't, they're not quite as charismatic. It's just almost like a uniquely kind of male characteristic in my mind. Maybe that's, maybe that's a sexist thought. I don't know. Or maybe a lot of people, well, women, you know what? And I'm going to say this, and this is, this is going to probably offend some people. Women are manipulative as fuck. You know, they are, they're manipulators. They're very conniving and manipulative and politician politics is really their game. It really is. I'm surprised there's not more female politicians because they are really good at manipulating the shit out of other people. And uh, that that should make pol politics right up their alley. Yeah, I know that kind of does make sense. It could be that uh, the problem with females, though, is that uh, it's almost like they're too good at it, that uh, that the, they still have to worry about electability. And given that, in essence, they're really just politicians or they're good at doing what needs to be done that kind of comes off and they can come off as flaky. Whereas more men, even though they might have that kind of, uh, they can do the kind of flaky stuff when they need to, they can be much more charismatic too and come off as much more trusting and kind of conceal right. their, almost in like a weird way, they can kind of conceal their concealment. Whereas a woman, the essence is kind of concealment, but uh, they can't really hide that <laughs> or they can't hide it when it's actually, when it's actually just a, like a pure domain of like, of like kind of. Yeah. Yeah. They, 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 they're really, really, really manipulative, but it it's it comes off very transparent it's very yeah. obvious and it comes off you know catty and bitchy and nasty and uh it puts a bad taste in people's mouths yeah i will say with the uh, looking at nancy pelosi as far as her as a politician at times she could actually come off as pretty charismatic in my opinion whereas a lot of female politicians they just come off as it's like a, they a lot of them just come off as hillary clinton where they just seem nasty and bitchy you know nancy pelosi i mean i'm obviously that was obviously a side of her but if she was in public she could kind of she could kind of fake it and she kind of was a decent politician in that respect or at least she could kind of do kind of the superficial thing you know whereas right. a lot of them, they can't do that some of them i was thinking like someone like someone like uh it's pretty obvious that this is someone that's bitchy she actually kind of leaned into it and called her and it kind of be known that oh she's an iron woman you know which i mean maybe 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 that's not as much like kind of manipulating and then just saying that no i'm actually like this you know right it's kind of interesting to think yeah she embraced it yeah, yeah so she was she was a very tough politician and why why liberals liberals despise the left absolutely despises Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. Well, the famous thing is that she literally had an official rule where she would not let any woman in her cabinet, <laughs> which some people have speculated on that. If that's if that basically just meant that uh, she was like some females where she gets along well with men but hates other females, you know? Right. It's kind of an interesting thing when they speculate on history like this, or they speculate on kind of like the historical persona of a lot of like female, uh, very prominent kind of females, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's always interesting when I look at someone like Elizabeth Warren, and if you look at like an Elizabeth Warren kind of greet up with supporters, she'll literally hug all the females, you know? That's just not something, I mean, you could see someone kind of like a, a male politician kind of buddying up with someone, you know, and maybe putting your shoulder around them, but they're not like hugging them, you know? That's just a very, right. a very kind of like very particular female thing, and it really doesn't make any sense why they do that. Maybe they, you know. Females, there are females. Females hate females. It's very strange. Females are 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 one extreme or another. Either they they embrace females and they hug each other and they love each other so much that they don't they can't see any wrong. They do they take that route, or or they absolutely despise other women. Right. I've known so many women that that had all guy friends, and they would brag about it. I've got all guy friends. I don't like women. Women don't like me, and I don't like them. Now, a lot of times they'll try to they'll try to get in a little plug for themselves, and they'll be like, "Well, you know, for some reason, other girls just don't like me," and they'll try to insinuate because they're pretty or because the guys like them or whatever. And so they try to stroke their own ego and say that's the reason why other girls don't like them is because they're so beautiful and <laughs> they get along with men so well. But so yeah, yeah, there's there's women out there that really don't like other women. And if you've ever worked in a job place, in a business, any kind of business, whether you you know, when I was a teenager working in a restaurant, or when I was older working in an office, um, there's all kinds of little wars going on 
below the surface that you're not if you're a man and you're not paying close enough attention which usually we're not because we don't we don't worry about that kind of nonsense but there's all sorts of catty manipulations going on and just these secret wars between the women in the office they'll compliment each other but they're not really complimenting each other it's it's so fucking weird I, I you know if i have something to say i just say it there's no there's no undertone there's no this there's no that you don't have to try to figure out where, where i'm coming from that's not the case when you work with women yeah yeah there's a there's a lot there yeah, it, I, it, it, it drives me crazy. I've talked to so many women that said that they would prefer to work for a male boss than a female boss, because with a male boss, at least you know where you stand. Even if the guy's a dick, you know he's a dick. You you don't he doesn't he doesn't smile to your face, and then you know fuck you around. Yeah, it, I'm kind of thinking about this because obviously just reading a bunch about Thatcher, it's that a lot of people have complained that uh, they think that oh well, just because uh, she was a woman and she became or she got to become prime minister, that's uh this ultimately just kind of uh, was very empowering for women. And then other people kind of argue that, uh, well, no, she was absolutely horrible to the women and that she didn't allow them in cabinets and basically thought of them as just too emotional, you know? And I, I do kind of wonder with females and or women in politics, if it's basically their essence, that they're just good at that. Uh, if they get into politics, they're just going to kind of wheel and deal and manipulate that. Uh, and that's really all it is. And they can't really hide it. It seems like they're ultimately kind of going to hate other women, you know, because it seems like if you're going to wheel and deal and manipulate, you're you're best to do that with kind of your prey, which would be men, you know, right? In a weird way, and uh, in a weird way, it, it could be that. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say that uh, this idea of empowering women in politics could actually be kind of a farce. In that, uh, the whole point is that women in politics actually do not women, uh, other women, women with other women in politics actually doesn't mesh well, and uh, that's not really where they're that effective, you know. Yeah, it's enough to drive you crazy. It really is. I, I love women, but there are definitely things that, that I can criticize. There is with all groups, though. But, uh, yeah, I'm definitely critical. Um, Nancy Pelosi was an old witch. You know, I know I've said that before, and I, I'm going to keep saying it. She's a she's an old witch. Hillary Clinton's a witch. Um, Debbie Wasserman Schultz is a witch. I, I mean, you know, there, there's this not – when you look at females in politics, it's not really a good stuff. It's not good. And, and even look at the vice president. Um, she's a she's a witch. Um, I, I think when men, women compete in a man's world, they have to they lose their femininity and they don't know how when they when they take on the power that's usually exuded, exuded by a man. They don't know how to wield power without being a bitch. They just don't know how to do it. People say, well, when a woman exudes, you know, has power and she, when she's in command, uh, you treat her differently because she's a woman. No, yeah, yeah, that's true, but it's because they do it differently. They can't do it in a strong way. They do it in a bitchy, conniving, you know, very nasty way. Why well, do you wonder, because we've talked about this a little bit, and I've noticed a big problem with women in kind of, uh, I guess, prominent positions, or at least from what I've seen in my life, are women that uh, are in positions that are pretty esteemed is that, They'll have a chip on their shoulders because obviously typically men will occupy those places and then they'll think that the whole thing's sexist and then ultimately invariably they just they just become much more bitchy. It's very odd, which I, I guess I, I don't know to what extent you're sympathetic with that or, you, or if you think it's more so that, uh, well, this is just a male thing and they just don't know how to function the way kind of or kind of a males typically would. So they just become bitchy or they don't know how to become kind of a, uh, I don't know, kind of dominant or kind of put. Uh, occupy that position of power so they become much more bitchy because that's really the kind of their fallback. Well, they're, they're, they're not females. There's two types of people. There's, 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 you know, there's masculine and there's feminine. There's, there's dominant aggressive and there's passive submissive. So it's their innate nature to be passive and submissive. So when they take on the dominant role, when they become more, try to be a more assertive and more dominant and more controlling and more in charge, uh, basically taking on the position that a man would usually roll the role a man would usually fill. They, they don't have the psychological tools to do it. And so they can do it, but it doesn't come off. It, it's not, they don't do it the same as a man would do it. They do it the way a woman would do it when they're not, they're not properly equipped to do it. So I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm not saying they can't be successful at it, but they do it in a bitchy, nasty 
um, angry, uh, petty way. And uh, men just don't do that. See, this is I've had I... male bosses. I've had female bosses. I've had male, male and female coworkers. I've been a boss of males and females. And I'm telling you, they just don't do it. The, they just don't operate the same way. They're, males and females are completely different. Um, you know, the, the innate differences really shine uh, in situations like that. Um, it's very difficult to deal with females in the workplace. It really is. Um, you ask somebody, a male or a female, even with my own girlfriend, I love my girlfriend, but you say something to her and, you know, she's interpreting the simplest things you say to her. She's interpreting it in a thousand different ways. And all you meant was, is I like your dress. That's it. <laughs> and she's like, oh, did he say that he mean this by saying that? Or, you know, his tone sounded like this. No, I just said, I like your dress. It, it means what it means. It means what I just said. There's no extra message hidden in. There's no subliminal message deep down inside what I said. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things there, and I, th I think it gets to one of the one of the things that I've always been with females, and that uh, it seems as though that uh, I mean, obviously, women are just good at kind of concealing stuff, and that's really one of their essences, or that's probably probably their main essence. That uh, as far as men are concerned, and the question is, is that ultimately? I mean, it seems like that's ultimately how they kind of garner power and, and favor, and you do have to wonder wonder that uh, if they're in a position where they actually are the power what happens you know right it seems like with politics that uh, you kind of made this comment and I'm, I'm wondering maybe there maybe this isn't quite as true as some of the things you just said but that women seem to naturally do better in politics because it's all about manipulating and that's what you got to do but well you you think they would you think they would but they 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 don't but you think they would you think they would be perfect for politics because it's all manipulation and same thing saying things in ambiguous ways that you can you can twist and turn what you really meant later on if it if it becomes disadvantage you know if it it becomes uh, awkward what you said you can you can spin it and say well that's not exactly how I meant it and so you say things in a way that you can twist and turn and, and twist the meaning later on all of it sounds like it would fit perfectly with a female's personality but but no yeah it could be that uh, I'm wondering if it if it could be that uh, well women are very good at kind of like uh, having so many different meanings and things and just concealing stuff and they're always being undertones and it ultimately means that they can manipulate a lot of people. It's ultimately a case that's kind of their downfall and that they'll get bogged down in that and that almost like you were saying with women in the workforce or I guess you'd be the anecdote of your girlfriend that they can misinterpret things, you know? Right. That, that well, you have kind of like the undertones and... Uh, well, well they're, they're, they're constantly trying to interpret something instead of just accepting it at face value. And I think what it is is, is they're used to having, you know... a. 20 or 30 goddamn meetings when they say something and they're used to other women having 20 or 30 different, you know, undertone meanings when they say something. And so when a man says something, they assume that he means something different than what he's actually saying or that there's something extra involved in there and there's not. And so they're yeah. constantly trying to interpret what you're saying when you're just, what you're saying is what you're saying. That's a nice dress. That's it. There's, there's no extra to it. There's no, there's no secret hidden meaning in any, in, in any of it. Yeah, I, I guess what makes me wonder, this is, this might be a little bit of an aside, but I was thinking about this, that it seems like women that uh, they can go in some like, kind of some, it's hard to explain, they can almost go in like a way of being where they're just totally just concealing stuff and they're almost like playing like little, they're like just being as a, I don't know, how do I say this, as almost like childish, almost like childish as possible and, and playful as possible. But they're ultimately just really manipulating and fucking with people, you know. And it's yeah. it's kind of like what what kind of reminds me of is we kind of made this point that if, as long as you just kind of persevere in something, maybe it's just that we're just drives and your drive will kind of trump theirs. But it seems like with women that they'll just kind of play along with stuff and that they'll act like this little playful thing, and they'll have so much they'll keep going at it, and even when it seems like it doesn't have success, they'll keep going at it, you know. Right. And they just expect that it'll play off. And I've always been kind of interested in that, which. Is it the case that they're just so that's the way they're hardwired and that uh, so they're just going to do it anyway and it doesn't matter? Or is it more so the case that they just realize that it has success, so they're just going to keep doing it until it pull, until it works out? No, know? I think I think they're hardwired. OK, well, I think they're definitely hardwired to behave that way. And I, I think that they can't they, they can f fight it. And some women, some women can can get around it and not and not. Uh, you know, not wallowing it, but uh, a lot of women are just completely trapped in, in that behavior. 
yeah, it is. It is kind of interesting. I, I'm kind of wondering how it also connects with other things. I mean, do you think kind of like the more nurturing aspect of women is also, do you think that ultimately, ultimately uh, jibes pretty well with the more nurturing aspects of women where, yeah. Cause I do wonder one of the things, one of the things I've always wondered with, with women that, uh, I mean, you've had kind of theories on why women kind of play that way and they're, they're, they can see a lot of stuff and they can be kind of manipulative. And you're, you've, you've had a theory once that uh, it's because that a man can just beat the shit out of them at any time. So in kind of caveman days, they just had to kind of, they could kind of get around that by. Yeah. I, I think, I, th I think that's the way it started. I, I think that in primitive times, if a man had a conflict with another man, he would beat the shit out of the man. If a man had a conflict with another with a woman, he would beat the shit out of the woman. And so women didn't really have that option. They were smaller, they were weaker, they were less capable, they were less aggressive. And so they developed other ways, manipulative ways, to, to get what they wanted without direct confrontation. Women will avoid a direct confrontation at all costs, even sometimes, even quite often, at their detriment. Right. Well, I guess one of the other theories I had, and I always wondered this, and we've obviously talked about this off air, but I remember I was talking to a gay man and he said something to the effect of one of the reasons why I don't think I'm one of the reasons why I think I'm gay is that for whatever reason, women are just trying to always uh, comfort men and that and that uh, they just kind of do it in kind of conciliatory manner, that playful manner that a lot of men seemingly can get off on. And he said, for whatever reason, he doesn't really get off on that. And he likes people to be much more direct, which he views kind of, I guess, men as general. And that's one of the theories he thought with being gay or that that was an effect of being gay. And I do kind of wonder to what extent is kind of the women's kind of, I guess, concealing stuff is that it's ultimately because men can get very restless and they're ultimately kind of supposed to suppress that. And that that's kind of where you kind of have you kind of have the kind of like. Or I guess it's kind of like a weird symbiotic relationship of drives in women where the men can do more stuff and get more restless with some of the stuff they do, but women just kind of concealing stuff, they can kind of calm them down and they're meant to calm them down, you know? Yeah, of course. Women, the, the, so men and women need each other. When the, the original organisms on this planet were self-replicating, self they, they didn't need, there was no sex. They, they self-replicated. Um, they self-reproduced. When when there was a split male and female and those two are so both are incomplete without the other you cannot neither one can can reproduce without the other so they need each other they're literally two halves of the same thing and they they they're 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 incomplete alone right and so the the the, the masculine needs the feminine the feminine needs the masculine it's the whole yin and yang thing we have everything that they lack and they have everything that we lack. And together we complete each other. Yeah. And, and, and so, yeah, that's, that's the role that women and men, men uh, provide stability. They're the protector. They, 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 that's, that's their role. They're the provider. The females are the nurturers. They, they create a, a home. They create a family. Uh, they create children. Um, so women and children, women and children, both women and children, have a calming effect on men, a, a needed calming effect. You men need civilized, and women and children civilize men. Right. Well, I guess one of the reasons why I kind of like that or that theory is that, I mean, if you view them as just manipulative, then that basically just makes them as kind of like evil witches, kind of the way you describe them. They can't. They can be. They can be. But I'm saying that there has to be, in my mind, there has to be a way in which kind of that what we find annoying or the essence of women is that actually it's very, it's, it actually uh, jibes well with them just being natural nurturers, you know? And well, let me ask you this. Have you ever had a conversation with a woman that was logical like a man? It's a, it's a boring conversation. Okay. It's a, it's a pointless conversation. It's not nice. You think that's what you want, but you have a conversation with a woman that's that's that acts, acts and behaves and talks like a man. Um, it's not nice. It's not it's not comforting. It's not it's not a comfortable conversation. It makes you feel uncomfortable. It's just not good. And so we think that's what we want, but believe me, that's not what we want. Well, I can I can say that uh, you said some things that uh, you you basically said. Well, I'm annoyed by their by them doing blah blah blah. And they can point one out wherever they want. But when you say stuff like that, it does make it seem like that, uh, well, maybe you're annoyed by it to some extent. You're also annoyed by when they when they don't act that way, you know? Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're it, it's been it's this. I'm not the first person that's come up with this. The 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 things that attract us the most are also the things that annoy us the most. Yeah. Well, I guess that's probably so. The cute, flaky, girly, you know, bubble-headed silliness of a female. The childishness is what attracts us, but it's also very annoying when you when you're trying to have a serious conversation or when you're trying to resolve a serious matter. Yeah. I do find it interesting that uh, I guess there's there's a there's a lot of points to make <laughs> of this, but uh, one of the things I found interesting with women that uh, I've seen them when they've totally like flirted with guys and just played along with them, yeah. and it you do wonder because after it's done they'll be very explicit they're like oh yeah I totally manipulated them that that oh out. yeah 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 they know, but I, I guess the question is to what extent do they know because you've also made the point with uh, I guess sometimes they know sometimes they don't okay. Yeah, here, here's the thing. When a woman, there's a lot of times women will flirt with men a little bit in public just for fun. They don't want to have sex with you. They don't want, they're not interested in anything, having anything to do with you. They just, they're just enjoying flirting. If I flirt with a woman, I want to fuck that woman. That's why I'm flirting with her. I'm not flirting with her because I'm just having fun flirting. Right. That's flirting with a goal. I'm trying to move. The, I'm trying to move that that ball down the field so I can eventually cross that goal line. <laughs> right. That, 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 I mean, that's all men. Women women flirt just for the fun of it. Well, I I guess what I'm what I'm interested in this is that uh, you kind of brought up the point about women that they could just manipulate stuff, and that's where they can kind of really kind of wheel and deal if they want to, particularly or it seems like they could in politics. But then there's an aspect that uh, they can just misinterpret shit, you know. That, that it seems like once they kind of access, they have better access to this realm of thought, which I guess it's not it's probably just mostly emotions that they can do it, but they're also going to be kind of like so overwhelmed by it that they can also end up shooting themselves in the foot. It's it's a very, I don't know if you've thought about it from that standpoint, but it's also yeah. going to be, be very weird because it's almost like they, they have like this control, but they can, they have, they have this great power and they can control things, but sometimes the power can control them, you know? Right. Exactly. Which I don't know. It's very odd. <laughs> it's, I don't quite know what to think about. That's that's what I well, think. Well, you of. you can shut it down, and you can you can flip this you can flip the, the the script simply by not letting it not letting it affect you, and th- th- it throws them into a, a tailspin. They don't know what to do. Okay. Well, see, then that's that's kind of gets back to what I was bringing up, like with this being a drive. Where, like, like we've seen, I've seen the biggest egomaniacs in the world. It's that if they if they run into someone who knows how to deal with them, they're not in a good place. You know. No. Yeah, and I do wonder. Yeah, it, it's their only it's their only power, and if that's gone, that they, then they're just they're they're lost. But I do wonder if females that well, I guess this this actually does kind of jive. But my point with the females is that when I brought up the point that oh well, is this something hardwired? Is it more of like a drive where they see what works? Is that it? It seems like if it's a drive and they see what works, that it's it's not totally hardwired. It could be somewhat paired back. I guess I guess they're not really mutually exclusive though. But no, you you do have to kind of wonder how that works though. I, I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, it, it's a little bit of both. It's a combination. Okay. Sometimes more one than the other, depending on the situation, depending on the person. It's it's almost like a weird kind of like a, I guess kind of like a Freudian Nietzschean thing where. You have to wonder, like, like what, what, do you, what is Nietzsche and kind of what is, what do you, Freud and Nietzsche mean when they talk about drives? And some people think it's more of like a sublimination that's a, well, I guess we all kind of have drives, but you have to pick out the perfect drive. And there are other people that think that no, your drive is just pure. You go with it, and then you just have you will your power over it, you know. And to what extent is it, you know, to what extent is it that you actually have to kind of control your drives, or else that they'll control you? And to what extent is it just no? You have this drive. You fucking power through, and then you're gonna have power over them. You know. There you Come go. On. That's that's it. That's exactly it. But it seems like the women that uh, it's a little bit different, and almost like their will to power. They actually are gonna have to uh, sublimate some things, and they're gonna have to be a little bit more careful about it, or else it'll ultimately control them. You know. Right. Absolutely. Which I don't know. It's very it's very kind of interesting <laughs> to think about. I, I don't know. <laughs> This, this is somewhat tangential to Nancy Pelosi, but this is what we think. No, about no, it. no. It, it's 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 tangential to, to to Nancy Pelosi because it's we're talking about uh, Nancy Pelosi as a politician, and uh, the side the side you know con, the, uh, subtext is females and and politics, and uh, I mean so it's all connected. It's all connected, and even if it wasn't, it's still kind of an interesting conversation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it, yeah, it's it's all connected. Yeah, I, um, I definitely agree with that. 
but uh, <laughs> I was going to say that this is what we actually think about Nancy Pelosi <laughs> or what right. we're thinking about her. That's a. Uh, I don't. We it's weirdly it's weird because we haven't had a conversation about feminism, and uh, I guess maybe this doubles with it to some extent. Or... Well, we're, we're yeah, we're going to have a, an exclusive show about that because I think that's an important thing to talk about, and we'll go further in depth at that time. But that's going to be that's going to be a really interesting conversation. Yeah, I I've, I have been wanting to have a conversation like this with you for a while uh, on the podcast, and uh, it's weird that this is finally the excuse to have it. You know, right, right, Which, yeah. It's another thing where I definitely regret not talking about stuff like this earlier because it's very interesting. Yeah, I I I think that uh, I I have no clue about anybody else in the House that I want to see be the head of the Democratic Party. I'm not familiar with who who could step into that position besides her. So, the only the only politician that I know of is uh, Hakeem Jeffries from New York, who's a total uh, I. I definitely despise him much more than I despise Nancy Pelosi, which actually a lot of it's another weird thing with Democrats where it, the we despise these people, but the actual progressives might actually despise them more. That's another thing that I'm finding that's kind of interesting. Right. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. The far, far left wing people despise their own own uh, despise Nancy Pelosi and the and Chuck Schumer more than we do. Oh, yeah. Well, somebody made the point that if you look at uh if you look at where Democratic politicians, where somebody actually protests out their doors, yeah. kind of like more mainstream, it's not Republicans, it's liberals. Where Chuck Schumer constantly gets people protesting outside his kind of quarters, and these are liberals. These are not conservatives. Oh, they're yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I've seen I've seen liberals uh, protest uh, in front of Democrats, two, two Democrats, go off on Democrats because they're not, they don't think they're going far enough. Right. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that on YouTube. Yeah. I remember Chuck Schumer was bringing up, uh, Chuck Schumer got asked about uh, people protesting in front of Supreme Court uh, justices' houses, which to me is just absolutely insane. But his point actually wasn't that bad in some on some level. And he said, look, people are always protesting outside of my doors, and I don't really complain about it that much, you know? Right. Which, I mean, obviously the difference is, is that uh, we don't have someone flying to, we don't have someone flying to go, go to his house that uh, plans on killing him. But Right. There's not somebody traveling to go kill him. Yeah, I mean, the, the guy wasn't just going to kill the judge. He was going to kill the judge as his, his entire family, including his wife and kids. Yeah. So that's that's pretty goddamn bad. Yeah. Yeah, that was. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I mean, to me, to me, the people that protest in front of it's actually illegal to protest in front of a at a uh, Supreme Court justice's house and why those people were prosecuted. I don't know. I guess because the Democrats are in charge. I, it seemed like it would be illegal. I didn't look at that. I didn't actually know if it was or wasn't. Yeah, it's illegal. That was discussed several times on the news. And for some reason, the Democrats just didn't do anything. And I, I guess because they didn't have a problem with it. Well, this shows where Merrick Garland's being a piece of shit. Because if they were protesting in front of the, if if Republicans were protesting in front of the liberal judges' houses, you know that oh, that, that, that fucking be. SWAT SWAT team would come in. Yeah, it would be something like, oh well, this is a harbinger that they're wanting to fucking kill them or something, you know. Which I mean, honestly, I don't think that it actually could be a good harbinger that people want to kill them if you're protesting in front of judges' houses, you know. Right. I mean, I mean, which uh, I don't know. I, I guess not that many things could spur them to do that, but. Uh, I guess Roe v. Wade is one of them. I guess so. Jesus Christ! I guess that was a that was a nuclear bomb that went off. So, yeah, oh, my hands are cold. Yeah, <laughs> and there's so many things that uh, I, I do really hope that uh, the Democrats and in, in Congress, we were kind of talking about this a little bit before. I hope they don't focus on kind of stupid shit and actually go after some more substantive stuff. Which I think going after Merrick Garland, I think that would be great. And obviously, I mean, as Attorney General, he's literally... I, th I think you meant the Republicans. Oh, sorry. Yes, thank you. Yeah, the Republicans. Which, I guess, I I, I think the kind of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden stuff, it might uh, kind of play well with the base. I don't think it's actually that substantive. I think you don't, going... You, you, don't, you don't think that... You don't think serious felonies should be prosecuted? Well, I'm saying don't, don't focus on them from the House if you want someone else to prosecute it, do it. Yeah, but somebody else won't. Uh, that's the, that. That's the problem. Uh, maybe, but even if he's prosecuted, what's what's it going to make a deal? They're not going to connect it. Well, I guess some people could say Biden's at blame, but 
this is already kind of out. Well, but mine was involved. Here's the thing. Here's my take. Hunter Biden may go to jail. He may get in trouble. He, he you know, there's a lot of maybes with Hunter Biden. But a, a big time politician in the United States, I mean, uh, Rob Blagojevich, he went to prison for several years for for taking bribes and and uh, various other things. But most of the time, if you're a big enough person, you know, the president or whatever, you're not going to prison. You're just, it's just never going to happen. Yeah. So people that say, well, you know, put locker up. Hillary Clinton wasn't going to go to prison. Um, George, Bo- or, uh, not George Bush, but Hillary Clinton's not going to, wasn't going to ever go to the prison. Um, Donald Trump was never going to go to prison. Joe Biden's never going to go to prison. I mean, it, if you're a president, you're not going to prison. This is just never going to happen. If and even if you're someone who's almost a president, somebody who's ran and was a serious candidate, you're not going to prison ever. So they're virtually untouchable. I mean, unless unless they're standing out on Pennsylvania Avenue and they pull out a gun and and they shoot somebody in the face, and even then, they would somehow spin it to where they were trying to defend themselves or something. I mean, you're just a, a president is not going to go to prison. Yeah, I, I should say with the my point about Hunter, or why I think it's kind of a futile effort to investigate Hunter Biden, even if it leads to well, Hunter, they're already doing it. They're already they're, well, he's already saying, under investigation. Yeah, my point here is that uh, I mean, I think at one point there was a there was a leak right before the election that said that uh, they believe they have enough to indict Hunter Biden with charges. But well, I don't think that's that bright of a move for the Republicans to do. And maybe even if it plays well at the base, is that. Merrick Garland's done some really, really questionable stuff, and now they really have power to go after him, you know, and yeah. that's literally that's the guy we're talking about who's they call the attorney general, basically like the de facto like head of the chief cop of the United States, you know, right. And we're seeing we're seeing rising crime. We're seeing stuff that's being investigated that shouldn't be. We're seeing also just crazy people have pointed this out where where uh, abortion uh, a lot of people have written about this where I guess an abortion protesters are literally being tried under like crazy Rico laws that are <laughs> going to spend that uh, if they're prosecuted, they're going to spend years in prison. And then if you look what they did, it wasn't that it, it seemingly was nothing right. that maybe they blocked like a door at somewhere. And even some of these people, they didn't, and he's trying to prosecute them for years and years or the department of justice is, I mean, there's some pretty crazy stuff and there's a lot of overreach that I think needs to be addressed. And it's also goes to show that, uh, for those that don't know, Merrick Garland, Merrick Garland was uh, the judge that uh, Obama tried to appoint uh, after. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I was just going to say that. Imagine, imagine if he had actually made it on the Supreme Court. Which the first thing they always said, oh, he was actually supposed to be a compromise because they're like, well, we know that you could force this if you want to. But this guy's actually very moderate. So you should put him on there. We're like, well, yeah, that was a dud. That's not true. You know, right. yeah, yeah. He's about as he's about as moderate as uh, as, uh, you know, AOC. Yeah, but that's where I think the Republicans should definitely. That's where their direction should be. They, uh, some people are also speculating that they're going to. Well, they they've already announced they're going after Hunter Hunter Biden, and 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 actually they announced that they're going to go after Joe Biden specifically. So, that 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 ship has kind of sailed. Yeah, that's probably. Well, they can also kind of uh, curtail it a bit and focus on other things. I mean, they, they they could, but after making a big announcement like that, I don't think they will. Well, they also made announcements that they're going to try to help or. They're also going to try to help, uh, I guess, uh, people that were arrested in January 6th. And uh, they, they did a total 180 on that because the backlash was too much, which what well, kind of for the same reason of Hunter Biden. I think that's stupid, even if I think that both the reasons are probably good that uh, they're not. These aren't well, I guess it's just not going to lead to that much as far as like uh, national politics. It's just not going to amount to that much and not enough people really care. Or it doesn't really implicate enough kind of federal people or it doesn't implicate enough important people. And it's only going to help uh, kind of like, or help kind of like a more kind of low scale or kind of more marginal characters in my opinion. Well, yeah, but we need to, we need to stand up for what's right. Even if it isn't, even if the impact isn't huge and, and on a grand scale for the, the rest of the population. Nah, that's kind of a that's that's kind of a meaningless. Point. I mean, that, that's that's one of the things I like about Donald Trump is I, I want somebody that's willing to do something, not because it's going to give them political power in the future, or not because it's going to you know they're not trying to work out what their political career is going to be. They're they're just trying to do what they think is right. Uh, yeah. Career politicians, I, I hate it when people pay, play politics and they say, well. 
should we do this? Is this going to hurt us in the future in elections? Is this how is this going to get? How is this going to work out as far as us having political powder power? I I hate it. I hate it when people use that as as part of the calculus of whether they do something or not. That's the problem with politics. That's the that's the downside of politics, is that there's too many people saying, "Hmm, not is this right? Is this the thing I should do? Is this uh, is this moral? Is this ethical?" is this the right thing for the country, but how is this going to play out in, in, a, in a future election or how is this going to play out in my career or my political power? That should never be a calculus. Uh, there's a couple of things there, which one I'd say that uh, you're kind of undercutting like the whole idea of pragma pragmatics or pragmatism. I am. In this I, case, would, I, am. I, I would also say that uh, I, I think that's fine. Well, there's a couple of points there. I would say particularly with Congress that uh, well, it's, once again, I do sympathize with those things, and I think they're right. I think there's also much more kind of effective things you could do that I think are also right, but they would have a much more, uh, they would have a much more kind of, whereas doing some of the stuff won't. And I also yeah. think that, uh, obviously, we kind of made the point about Donald Trump, and there's a question of uh, how, how, how much he could be kind of a stick to it character, if I'm pronouncing that, if I'm saying that right, but uh, I definitely rhetoric-wise, he was. I'm not quite sure, as I say, kind of legislatively he could be, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I I think Republicans could end up doing some. Some people have said that uh, I've I've heard people speculate. And this is this will I'll be interested in reading this in the next couple uh in the coming months. But uh, some people have speculated them kind of focusing on the stuff that it's ultimately kind of stupid, but uh, it might actually not be that bad because they can just kind of drum up their base doing kind of cultural stuff like this. And I guess that's kind of what's going to be kind of their meal ticket. And I I don't know. Maybe it will be, but. Uh, I think there's probably better ways to focus on culture than obsessing over Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and trying to prosecute them. I mean, that's that's probably also what uh, probably might have done in the might have done in uh, Republicans and people getting annoyed at that shit and trying to make everything like, oh, well, this is democracy's in peril. We have to we have to be mindful of it. You know, I think right. you're playing that same kind of stupid game. Well, that's probably true, but uh, I mean, I, I'm I was talking more about the January sixth. Uh, Hunter Biden should definitely be prosecuted. Joe Biden being prosecuted is, is kind of a waste of time. It's not going to turn into anything. But Hunter Biden definitely needs prosecuted. Yeah, well, I guess with January 6th, given that the, I, I definitely support that. Well, the point where I think is good enough for me, and I don't know if we converge on this, but I think just shutting down all the investigations, given that they have power and they have carte blanche, that's enough for me. I don't really care. I, I the other stuff, I think it's if you investigate a past, if the Republicans go on investigating that, that would probably be pretty fucking stupid, in my opinion. Well, I, I just I I think if there's people in prison that shouldn't be in prison, I think that, the, that something should be worked out. Yeah, look, those people got absolutely screwed over. Yeah, the people went in there. I've said that to ad nauseum, and yeah, I obviously the, the people. So that, we we got we got to work out something. We can't just we can't just write them off and let, and sacrifice people that don't deserve to be in prison, even one person. Yeah, there's a couple of points here. I mean, they they did something so fucking stupid, and you've obviously it, it was stupid. Yeah, they put themselves in a really really bad place, and maybe they can get caught up with it. And a lot of them just walked in there, and I guess maybe just trespassing and didn't break the law. Right. But they put themselves in a bad place, and they ultimately became kind of like a, in a weird way like figureheads, and the fall men are kind of like weird sacrificial lambs, which. I, I think they're probably just going to end up being that way. I don't think there's going to be much recourse for them. And uh, I don't think they should go out of their way to kind of help these people. I, I think the problem with the right and uh, they've tried yeah, to... I, yeah, I completely disagree well, here's, with that. I mean, I mean here, here's the problem. Here, here's the problem. The right doesn't fight like the left does. The life, the left fights like hell, even when it's wrong. The, le the you know, the, the vice president was, was actually paying the bail of, of Antifa and Black Lives Matter criminals, rioters, and, and uh, domestic terrorists to get out of jail. She was actually paying for that. We're not willing to, do, but we're not willing to help people that shouldn't be in prison. Yeah, but the difference between, well, yeah, but this, this gets to the crux of the matter. The difference is, is that giving money to a bail fund is going to take literally no effort, whereas this would take effort. And I think this is the real problem with this is that uh, those people are by and large not sympathetic characters. Which even no, if, no, they're they're morons, but that doesn't mean they should spend time in prison for being a moron. But, uh, did, they, did they go to jail? Have they suffered to this point? Sure, absolutely, and they and they call that on themselves. 
but should they spend 20 years in prison because they did something that was pretty much innocuous? No. I think, I think this kind of gets to a matter that's a kind of one of the other big qualms I have with this is that I, I think focusing on this is that, I mean, you could argue that cultural stuff isn't really poli- or policy and policy should be the serious stuff, but focusing on stuff like this is so far afield and just kind of getting to kind of dumb minutia. And I really think Republicans should avoid that. And if they start saving, saving people that are innocent is never dumb. Uh, I'm sorry, minutia. No, it would be. I think it would be motivated by dumb minutia. Right, but if you're sa- if you're saving someone from prison, they shouldn't be in prison. That's always a good thing. There, I mean, I don't even know how many of them are. I mean, there's a couple, I don't know. There's a couple hundred, and some of these, some of the people, like the most conspicuous one, conspicuous ones, will end up spending like six, four, six, seven years in prison, which are obviously very, very, very damning sentences and just a very, very heavy handed, which they shouldn't be that heavy handed. Right. But uh, I don't think you should go out of your way for them or maybe just drum up. I think the what the extent they should do is that the Democrats are obsessing over this because it's their best proxy for saying that, oh, well, or in their minds, their best proxy for saying, oh, Republicans don't uh, respect democracy. Look, Donald Trump tried to uh, start an insurrection because, or start a coup because uh, uh, he he lost the election, which shows that he's some like Hitler type, and this is a beer hole push, you know. But I think I think Republicans, the country's moved on from that. It's obviously wasn't a good thing for Republicans, and they should also just move on from it as well. They shouldn't. Uh, they shouldn't uh, do yeah, I, I, I can't. Time. I can't. I can't go along with you on that. Okay. I, I, do I, do I think that they should? Uh, you know, should, do I think that they should? make a big deal out of January 6th and try to, you know, put a lot of effort into it? No. Do I think they should put focus effort into getting people out of prison early that shouldn't be in prison in the first place, or at least should have served just a little bit of time, maybe in county jail or a couple of years in prison at the most? Yes. Do you know what I look at this as? What's that? I kind of look at it as the Brittany Greer thing, where every time I look at the New York Times, one of the top 20 stories is something about Brittany Greer, you know? It's this is just one. I person. have no, I have no idea who Brittany Greer is. She's the basketball player arrested in Russia. Oh right, right, right. I'm saying that's a. I think there are serious. I think there are much more substantive issues. And yes, this woman got this. She got screwed, and the January six people got screwed. You know, it's just eh, that, it's a little different. She went to another country, especially a you know a, a former Iron Iron Curtain country, Russia, one of the scariest goddamn places on the planet. And and broke and, and committed a crime. I mean that that's just so fucking stupid. I I honestly don't care what happens to her. That uh, that was just beyond fucking stupid. That, that would be like going to North Korea. It's like I I feel real bad for that one kid, uh, Warm Beer, whatever his name was. He went to North Korea, but he snatched a, a, a fucking painting off the wall. I mean, you, you're gonna go to you're gonna go to somewhere equivalent to Nazi Germany and, and snatch a fucking painting off the wall. I mean, why don't, why don't you just save time and just shoot yourself in the head right here in the United States? Well, let me say that I, I think that they all did innocuous stuff. I'm just saying that they put themselves in a horrible fucking position. And I'd say that going and walking into the Capitol is a fucking stupid thing to do. I would it is. It's probably as fucking stupid as bringing weed. It's really, just, it's really stupid and it's nothing I would ever do. But no, I, I, don't, I don't think it's the same as going to another country. I would never... If I was in another country, I would never break a break a law, never commit a crime in another country. I don't commit crimes in this country. I know goddamn well I wouldn't break a crime in another country, and I sure as fuck wouldn't break a, a crime, you know, commit a crime in a country like uh, somewhere in the Middle East or somewhere in Russia or somewhere in Eastern. I wouldn't even go to those countries. But if I did, I know goddamn well I wouldn't do anything stupid. Well, my point here is that uh, I've seen this happen at nauseum. I. I really well, let's not let's not let's not ride this point too far. Well, yeah, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to bookend it here. That's that's my point. It's that I'm worried that Republicans could do the same thing that I'm seeing like liberals do, where they obsess over Brittany Greyer and they they could end up doing that January six. And I think it's just a really way of spending your time. I got, that's I my point. You. Obviously, both got screwed, so that's my point. We could probably we're I guess we're over an hour. Yeah, we're well over an hour. So. I think that's enough. I think we've wrapped it up. I think we've said everything we talked about just a little bit on Nancy Pelosi. There's not really a whole lot to talk about on Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi's a, a mean old crow. She's a bitch. Um, and she's no longer going to be Speaker of the House. She's not even going to be leader of the Democrats. And for some goddamn reason, she's going to stay in the House. I, I have no idea why. But at least we're at least she's not in, in any position of power anymore, or at least any official 
position of power. I'm sure she still has influence because of the position she's held for so many years and the fact that she's so old and she's been in the job for so long. Yeah. But she's not going to have any official power anymore. So and witches never lose their power. <laughs> exactly. Got to burn, burn that bitch at the stake to get her to lose her power. And even then, she'd probably just, you know, dust herself off and keep coming. <laughs> so, okay. So I think that's it. I think we're done. Um, I want to thank everybody that's listened. This has been the Conservative Atheist Podcast. I'm the, your host, the Conservative Atheist. I was joined by my co host today, Brighter Later. Uh, we drop a podcast Monday through Friday. That means Sunday night uh, after 12 or 1 a.m. Friday, uh, Monday morning. Um, you know, we drop the podcast. So Eastern Standard Time over 12 or 1 a.m. Monday morning, middle of the night, or New York City time, however you prefer. Last podcast will be, you know, Thursday night into Friday morning after 12 or 1, 12 or 1 Friday morning, uh, Eastern Standard Time or New York City time. Um and they last anywhere from an hour to two hours to three hours, depending on the topic, depending on the people we're interviewing. We've, we interview both the really, really famous and the not so famous uh, and everybody in between. And so there's interviews, there's simply conversations, there's movie reviews, there's different uh, co-hosts that come in that join us, you know, that help us out in different conversations that join in on the fun and uh, so all these are all these and many other things are factors on how long the shows last, but at least they at least last an hour or more. Um, and we give you the best possible quality content we can, and we're 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 doing our best for you. We're the hardest working podcast on the internet. Um, we used to do six or seven a week, but that was a little too much, so we pulled that back a little bit because now we have a Patreon, and the Patreon the link to the Patreon is in the description of every single podcast we do. Uh, so you just look in the description, there's a link right there and we give you bonus material. We do, we're going to do video, um, podcasts. So you'll be able to see us on video. And, uh, also there's all sorts of, of merchandise and, and there's all sorts of perks that come along with it. The, the, uh, membership start at $5 a month. So basically pennies on the day. And, uh, it helps us be able to keep doing this and keep, uh, you know, be able to generate good content. And it, it just helps out the show. It shows some appreciation for the show. And we, we appreciate it more than words can say if you're willing to do that. And uh, either way, you know, the podcast is free, so please subscribe and you're welcome to listen as much as you, as you want. Um, that's obviously free of charge. And, uh, you know, we're coming up on our 100th episode pretty soon, and so we're going to have a little celebration for that as well. All right. I think that's it. Um, again, we really appreciate you listening. Uh, take care, everybody. One last thing before you go. Tonight, when you're laying in your bed flat on your back, staring up at the ceiling in the dark, drifting off into sleep, I want you to repeat this mantra over and over and over and over again. Conservative atheist is always right. 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 And in the morning when you wake up, you'll be a refreshed, renewed person. The sun will shine brighter. The air will feel crisper. The flowers will smell sweeter. And the birds will sing your name. And everything will be right with the world. Because Nancy Pelosi is no longer the speaker, speaker of the house. And we don't have to deal with that old bitch's face every day anymore. All right, you knuckleheads. We'll talk to you next time.